Well, it's time to stop going through the motions and to take our faith to the next level. I'm so thankful for the challenge that this series is to me and to my faith. And I trust and pray that it has been beneficial to you and your faith as well. It's just too easy to let up in regard to our walk with Jesus, in regard to our the strengthening of our spiritual faith. It's too easy to coast during seasons of our life. In fact, a recent study in 2015 examined the effects that allowing a person's physical fitness to deteriorate have on their overall health. The study was conducted with multiple sets of identical twins. One lived a more active lifestyle, the other a more sedentary lifestyle. And the test revealed a few obvious results, such as body fat comparison. But the shocker was the effect that a sedentary lifestyle had on the brain. The athletic twins had more gray matter, the information processing part of the brain, particularly in areas that controlled balance and motor function. So a sports medicine physician concluded, muscles begin to atrophy after just a few days of being sedentary. And it made me wonder, does the same thing happen to our souls? Do our spiritual muscles start to atrophy after just a few days or even a week without spiritual activity? Does our spiritual gray matter start to shrink? You may have found yourself in a season that because of the frustrations of COVID or your family or finances or the frustrations of your job or even your health, you may have found that you've just been kind of going through the motions. And if this is you, then Peter's words are so very important. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's what I want to move from just going through the motions in my faith and to come to this place of effectiveness and productivity in living for Jesus Christ. And I know you desire that as well. That's one of the reasons you've joined us this morning. You want to be challenged and encouraged to grow in your faith in Jesus Christ. And that's the very goal of this series, Level Up. It's an encouragement to stop going through the motions and to find practical ways to level up in your faith. And Peter does an amazing job of mixing together encouragements with warnings in his desire to help us move from a futile life to an effective and meaningful life. Really, this series is about our taking responsibility for our own Christian life. You know, striving to go deeper into the joy-filled, spirit-powered life that God has in mind for you and me as children. We get so pulled between the fake joy of this world and the mirage of happiness it offers versus the true joy offered by our Savior, Jesus Christ. But those steps for Jesus can be difficult and challenging. So if you want to take steps in your walk with Jesus, if you want to level up, you're in the right place. So we learned in week one that God has given us everything we need to grow in Jesus Christ. 
He has given us divine power. He is on your side and my side. And last week, we learned then how to take the first two steps, adding to our faith goodness and to our goodness knowledge. And today, we tackle the next three qualities which we're learning about to have control over ourselves, to hang in there when life gets rough, and to honor and respect God. And they're all crucial elements in our journey of faith. But before we dig in, I I want us to consider, why do we find ourselves just going through the motions? I mean, as Christians, we've all experienced those seasons of our walk with Jesus where we're just, we're all in, right? We're on fire. It's like, this is the greatest thing. So what gets us off track? Life gets difficult. It throws some hard things in our way, like COVID. Routines get messed up. Relationships grow challenging. Or new challenges get put in front of us. And it's so important for you to know that all of us struggle at times with going through the motions. All of us struggle with growing lax in our faith. So if you find yourself in one of those seasons of drifting and aimlessness, welcome to the club. You're not alone. The key is to recognize what's happening. Then to remind yourself that God has given you everything and to take that first step. And so today, let's learn to add to our faith self-control, perseverance, and godliness. To level up requires allowing God's power to work through my choices in self-control, perseverance, and godliness. So if you haven't yet, open the YouVersion app to 2 Peter 1 or your Bible. And I want you to listen as one of our great families, Doug and Cheryl Lambert, read this passage of Scripture for us. You follow along as they read. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, into goodness knowledge, into knowledge self-control, into self-control perseverance, into perseverance godliness, into godliness mutual affection, into mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hey, thank you, Doug and Cheryl. I appreciate all the families who volunteered to say hi and to read our scripture. So let me me remind you of a couple things again in regard to this passage. This list of qualities, right? Knowledge, self-control, goodness, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection and love. This list of qualities, they supplement, support, and sustain one another. Rather than just thinking add to, thinking of a puzzle that they connect together, okay? A second reminder, 
This adding to our faith isn't a one-time, hey, check the box off, completed task. I mean, this is a lifetime of work. And finally, these qualities are based in the character and nature of God. We learn about them from his character, right? Revealed in his word, not from human reasoning and understanding. So today, we're going to focus on verse 6. So here's what Peter says. And to your knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness. So we begin with self-control. Would you describe yourself as a person who has mastered self-control? You may say, well, Doug, I guess it kind of depends upon what you mean. So in Jesus' day, this word self-control was used of having power over oneself, but it was often used in reference to to sexual matters in the sense of being able to show restraint or even to abstain. And though Jesus himself didn't ever use this specific word in his teaching, he did challenge individuals to pay attention to what gets in the way of fully following him. For example, when he encountered the rich young ruler, what did he do? He challenged him to abstained from his riches because they got in his way. In the Sermon on the Mount, he challenged those with anger to notice that gets in your way. Or those who had trouble telling the truth, you need to stop lying because that gets in your way of a relationship with me. Or those who lusted, they needed to guard their eyes because for them, it's lust that gets in the way. So Jesus didn't give us a list of rules but rather challenge the individual in the specific area with which they struggled. Because see, what you may struggle with may not be something I struggle with, and what I struggle with may not be something another person is. But the bottom line here is this, and this is in the words of Jesus, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. See, Jesus and the teachers of the New Testament knew that our ability to have self-control is somewhat limited because we're all messed up, sinful, failing human beings, which is why Scripture stresses the work of the Holy Spirit as being the one to produce this in our lives. Paul says this in Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is, and here's his list, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, And there's that word self-control. Against such things, there is no law. It was Rick Warren who explained that self-control doesn't mean self-in-control. It means self-under control. I love that. Under the control of our Heavenly Father. Through this power of His Spirit living within us. So rather than Jesus giving us a bunch of rules, don't don't drink, smoke, or chew, or go with girls that do, Scripture teaches us that when we face an obstacle which distracts us from being fully focused on Jesus, that's when we ask the Spirit to help us exercise this quality of self-control. It's really the balance between the need for our own self-discipline, us stepping into it, and then us relying on the Spirit. Paul said everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So where do you need the self under control in your life? Ask for the help of the Holy Spirit.
and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance. So we move from self-control to perseverance. Now we've all faced seasons of our life where we felt just so overwhelmed by the circumstances that we just wanted to, to give up. Where the struggles of living the way Jesus asked us to live, it's just too hard, it's too difficult, it's so at odds with what everybody else around us is doing. And we've all at times felt and wondered, is this worth the effort? So Peter reminds us that we have to add to our face this quality of perseverance. It means to remain behind or to be unmoved, stand one's ground, to survive, to remain steadfast, to persevere, but also to wait. We all love waiting, right? No way. We have instant everything because it's just too frustrating to have to wait, especially when life is difficult and painful. Just make the pain go away. Do you know that Americans take an estimated 30 billion doses of over-the-counter prescription drugs similar to ibuprofen every year? We want the pain to go away, and we want the pain to go away right now. So this thought of developing perseverance, I mean, it sounds good, but it's like, to wait? Come on, Doug. How, how is that even possible? It's possible because this word perseverance or waiting, especially in the Old Testament, is most often tied to our hope in the Lord. Psalm 130, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my trust. I wait for the Lord more than Watchmen wait for the morning more than watchmen wait for the morning. We can wait because we hope in the Lord and he never disappoints. So for the Christian, the basis of perseverance or steadfastness, this endurance, it wasn't personal strength, but it was trust and hope in the Lord. In this teaching of Scripture, I mean, it makes it very clear that this ability to wait on the Lord and to remain steadfast generally results when life grows difficult. To learn to persevere through difficult times requires us to go through difficult times. James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces, here's this word, Perseverance. Perseverance, let it finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Paul says in Romans 5, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Why? Because we know that suffering produces, here it is, perseverance. Perseverance, character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he's given to us. There's that spirit again. So rather than complain when life is difficult, we need to thank the Lord for his faithful work that he is always helping you and I to grow in our faith. And we may not see how he can provide what we might need, but at the right time, God always will. I love the story Corrie Ten Boom tells about talking with her father about just her struggles with her own faith. How can 
I face something too difficult to bear. What if that comes my way? And her father says, Corey, do you remember when you were a little girl and I took you to the train station? Now, when did I give you your ticket? Remember how I waited until just before we boarded the train and then I handed you the ticket? I had it in my pocket all along, but I wanted to give it to you only when you needed it. God will give you the resources you need when the time comes. So where do you need perseverance in your life? Ask for the help of his spirit. And to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance. And here's the last one, to perseverance, godliness. And again, remember that these are not independent one step after another, but they're more like a puzzle. They, they support and they sustain one another. For example, as I learn more about God in his word through knowledge, then I can ask myself, well, what does it look like to be godly? My growing knowledge about God informs my understanding about godliness and my self-control guided by the Spirit allows me to live out this godly life. So in Peter's day, philosophers really valued this quality, but they would call it piety or just a moral life. But Peter wasn't just interested in a moral life, life based upon the value systems of the society that we happen to be living in at that moment. Godliness is a respect for God's character and God's will. So the, the moral way of life cannot be separated from our respect and love for God. And as a Christian, everything we do our view of this life is always filtered through the lens of God's work and God's control over wor the world over time. Which is why later in this second letter, Peter writes, he ties how we live with an understanding that God's plan is going to happen. Second Peter 3, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. So since everything will be destroyed in this way, here's the question. What kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. What a great question. Since we know God's in control and we know someday this world will end, how should we live? We ought to live holy and godly lives. And the simplest way to understand godliness is this. A godly life is a life that mimics or honors God. It, it's to live a life that respects our holy God. And God reveals his character in his heart through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's Jesus' life that shows us God's character. This is what it looks like to live a godly life. And it's Jesus' death that makes this godly life even possible. Here's how Titus words it. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us 
from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So how can you live your life to demonstrate respect for God and his character? How can you display godliness today? Well, let's spend the next few minutes getting as practical as we can. So again, here's what Peter says, to knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness. So how can you apply this learning to these three qualities? So let's begin with applying self-control. Hey everyone, I just dropped my wife off at Target. When it comes to self-control, Target is Brandy's weakness. It is impossible for her to go in that store and come out having spent less than $100. And I don't even know why. Like I go to Menards all the time and I only come back with the bare essentials, like the stuff we need around the house, the stuff to build my projects, the stuff we might need someday, you know, stuff like that. Here's three things that I've been trying to teach her that might be able to help you get a little bit better handle on some of the parts of your life that you struggle to exercise self-control. First, know what the trigger is. And that might be different. That might be unique for each and every one of us. Maybe for you, it's alcohol. Maybe for you, it's gambling or maybe anger or maybe target. Whatever it is that trips you up, that has a tendency to frustrate your self-control and self-restraint, name it. Call it what it is and be on the lookout for it. Second, avoid the trigger, whatever the cost. Again, it's going to be unique to you. If your trigger is alcohol, maybe don't go to the bar. If your trigger is anger, avoid those tense, frustrating situations or get out of them before you feel your anger start to rise. If your trigger is target, just don't go to target. If you can avoid having to exercise that self-control, you're more likely to keep on top of that struggle. Third, use the buddy system. I know, I know what you guys are thinking. Sometimes it's just unavoidable. We have to face those triggers. And you're right, there are times where you will have to face those struggles, those things that trip you up in life. That's just unavoidable. Use the buddy system to help keep you on track and keep you strong. At the very least, we all need someone who's willing and able to call us on those issues, those struggles that we have and we can't exercise self-control over who's willing to talk with us openly and honestly about them. If you're going to a work party and you know alcohol is gonna be an issue there, have that person call you in an hour to check on you to make sure that you're standing strong, to make sure that you are keeping control over yourself. If your issue is target, if that's the thing, have someone go with you to help keep your impulses and your spending in check. Maybe then our savings account could grow yours. These are things I've been trying to help Brandy with. Hopefully they can help you some. And now while I'm waiting for her, I'm going to go run into Micro Center real quick. I just got to get one small thing. And maybe don't tell her that I came here. Three hours later. Hi. Yeah, I'm just in the car. I, yeah, I just got, I just had to get one thing. Why, where are you? 
target. So self-control. What do you need to do? Perseverance. What's the area of your faith that you are kind of growing weary in? What is the good thing that you're doing that you're wondering, why am I doing this? I appreciate the encouragement from Paul to the Galatians. He said, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So how many of you have a can of this in your house? I probably have at least 10 cans of WD-40. My dad, for many Christmases, gave this to all of the guys. Um, so I am very well stocked. If you need a can, hit me up. But does anybody know what the WD stands for? It stands for water displacement. But does anybody else know what the number 40 refers to? That's how many times they tried to develop an effective formula. They failed 39 times, but succeeded on the 40th. The message to you and I is, don't give up. Don't quit when you're tired. Don't quit when you fall. Don't quit when you meet obstacles. But let the perseverance of God through His Spirit help us to learn to rejoice in suffering, to, to say thank you, to see that God's working even in that. Self-control, perseverance, and godliness. How can I grow in godliness? How can I show respect for God? I would encourage you that, in, again, in your Bible reading, as you come across the qualities of God, ask yourself, am I demonstrating this quality? Or ask others close to you, what qualities of God do you think I really need to add to my life? What it really is about is maybe it's time for you to quit calling the shots in your life and trust God to take charge. At first I saw God as my observer, my judge, keeping track of all the things I did wrong so as to know whether I merited heaven or hell when I die. He was kind of out there like the president. I recognized his picture when I saw it. I didn't have a relationship with him. But later on, when I met Christ, it seemed as though life were rather like a bike ride, but it was a tandem bike. And Christ was in the back. He was helping me pedal. And I don't know just when it was that he suggested that we change places, but life has never been the same since. When I had control, I knew the way. It was rather boring, but very predictable. It was always the shortest distance between two points. But when we switched seats and he took the lead, he knew delightful long cuts up mountains and through rocky places and down through breakneck speeds. It, it was all I could do at times just to hold on. And even though it looked like madness, he said, pedal. I worried and was anxious. And when I asked, where are you taking me? He just laughed and didn't even answer. That's when I learned I was just going to have to trust him. I forgot my boring life and I entered into every adventure. And when I'd say, I'm scared, he'd lean back and he'd just touch my hand. He took me to people with gifts that I needed, gifts of healing and acceptance and joy. He gave me gifts to take on my journey and off we went again. And he would say, give your gifts away. They're, they're extra baggage, too much weight. And so I did. I gave it to people we met, and I found that in giving, I received. 
The journey continued and our burden was light. I didn't trust him at first to take control of my life. I thought he would wreck it. But he knows bike secrets. He knows how to make those sharp corners and how to jump clear off high rocks and do things I could never have done if I were in control. And I'm learning to shut up and pedal in some of the strangest places. I'm beginning to enjoy the view and the cool breeze in my face, face with my delightful companion, Jesus Christ. When I'm not sure that I can do it anymore, he smiles and just says, just pedal. I realize that following God's will found in Scripture is both simple but also perplexing. It's simple in that we just take one step each day towards Him. A step of self-control, a step of perseverance, a step of godliness. But it's also perplexing in how, how can a simple step make a difference? It's because our step activates his power. He's given us everything we need. I mean, the power is there, but the initial effort is up to us. But when we take that step of exercising self-control in an area we struggle with, he steps in and gives us the power to say yes. When we take that step of waiting, when we feel like giving up, he steps in and gives us the power to persevere. When we take that step of living his way, he steps in and he gives us the power to be like him and each step towards God and works with all the other steps and the power of God begins to transform us to help us find effectiveness and joy and grace and a productivity that we could never ever have it on our own I think that's why Peter nails it for us verse 8 for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure you know each step they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what step will you take today? Just one step, right? And find the effectiveness and the joy of living for God. So we got seven days, seven qualities to add, right? So we add to our faith goodness and then knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and mutual affection and love. God isn't interested in us following a bunch of rules, but rather to transform us and to set us free to live a joyful life for him. Let's live in that freedom and let's put forth every effort we can because God is worth it.